You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. What a good morning, amen? I love to worship the Lord. It's a blast. It's just, it's fun to worship God. The worship is for Him, uh, but I appreciate that He makes it fun for us. Amen? Amen. Let me open all this stuff up. I had this, I was like dropping cards. I got a Sean Alexander card from my brother right here. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, good morning this morning. We're wearing my Love the Block shirt. Uh, our, our Love the Block team has been doing amazing. I just wanted to say today I'm so proud of you guys for all you've been doing and uh, how you've been leading. And uh, really uh, to Jorge, he's been spearheading that team. i just so thankful, thankful for your leadership. Where are you? There you go. You're right next to Ty who said, yeah. So thankful for you and your wife, Nana, and your adorable baby. You guys are cute. Um, Excited today as we continue our Kingdom Builders series. If you weren't here last week, I really encourage you to go listen to that podcast. It's up on wherever podcasts are, Spotify, iTunes. Those are the only ones I know. Um, YouTube, (laughs) if there's more, I don't know. I'm not that deep. Uh, (laughs) But I really encourage you to go check that out because a lot of the details that would kind of like help inform some of this will come from that. So if you missed that, I really encourage you to go check it out. And if you had any detailed question as far as as I'm speaking, you're like, man, I'd love to know more. You can just go to our website at banner.church slash kingdom builders and every Everything that I told you last week is on that web page. So it's on that page. You can even download the guide to print off. It's all there, uh, banner.church slash kingdom builders. Uh, but we are talking about kingdom builders, what it means to be a kingdom builder, and a little bit of our f- of our church in the future as we become kingdom builders. But I thought, let's just open it up today by praying together. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let's pray over this uh, this word today. God, we thank you that your word is good, that it's true and trustworthy, God, that it informs and transforms, that it renews. And so, God, would you speak to us today as we look at your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Katie, could you grab my Bible out of my bag? Normally, I have my scripture uh, on my iPad. Today, I'm going to read to you from my Bible because mostly I didn't want to copy and paste all of the scripture into my sermon, if I'm going to be honest. And since I'm also on worship team, there's only so many things one human being can remember in a four-hour period of time. Can we just be honest? Like, all the chords and the words and playing, and then I was also this. So, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to keep it fresh here. Uh, but I want to talk today about dreaming big. Someone say, dreaming big dreaming big. When we were kids, some of you, you had a big dream. You might have had a dream that you wanted uh, to be a firefighter or a policeman or a rock climber or I don't know. Some people had crazy dreams. They wanted to be a dinosaur. I don't know uh, what your dream was as a kid. You're like, I want to be a monster truck. You're like, you want to drive monster trucks? No, I want to be a monster truck. Right, that's the thing that your child would say. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. You're like, no, honey, no, no, you drive monster truck, and then they break down crying, like, I want to be a monster truck. You're like, fine, you can be whatever you want. I literally don't care. Just serve Jesus, right? <laughs> you could be a, we'll, we'll bolt some wheels onto you, whatever you want, buddy. Um, <laughs> some of you have met my son, so you can picture that scenario happening. Uh, <laughs> 
But as we get older, our, our dreams change, right? Our, our dreams shift and change, and maybe it's like, you know, I, I want to, I really have a dream of having a good job, or I, I want to meet that right person, right? You know, like in our life, as we get older, we're like, I really want to go to that place on vacation. I feel like everybody has that one spot that they would love to travel to. Like, oh, I just love to travel here uh, to this one place. We kind of have that dream. Some of you, uh, you have fitness dreams. You're like, I just, I want to run a marathon. I, I know that that's not me, but I know that there's those people who are like, I want to, I want to run a marathon. I, I had a dream. I like, I really wanted to have a boxing match, you know, so different dreams for different people. My parents are like, you're going to get a concussion. I'm like, I already have a concussion. <laughs> uh, but we all have different dreams. Maybe uh, you had a dream like you're a hunter. You wanted to hunt that perfect uh, deer, that perfect elk. Maybe you're a, a hyper-conservationist. You wanted to save that elk from that hunter. Uh, <laughs> whatever it might be, you have different dreams. For some of you, I, I can actually tell your big dream because I don't have Facebook anymore. I follow you on Instagram. And uh, I, I do love this. Instagram, to me, ha it has a couple issues with escapism. It has a couple issues with making you uh, actually be somebody who envies instead of somebody who dreams. So I do I do think it comes with some problems. But the thing I do love about social media, if I can say, is I love seeing people's big dreams and how they're living them out on social media, right? Like, I love to see, some of you, uh, I love to see the passion with which you are pursuing a dream for your life. Maybe it's a business you're opening. Maybe it's a family you're pursuing. Maybe it's just, like, stepping out. Maybe it's a health goal. I love seeing that. It's fun. How many of you guys, like, like seeing people achieve the dreams of their life, right? It's awesome. It can be hard if you're struggling with your dream a little bit, right? If you're struggling uh, to lose weight or buy a house or have a family and you see someone else, you're like, oh, I'm happy for you. It's kind of like when a quarterback gets taken out and the second string guy goes in and they keep cutting to him. You know what I'm talking about? Like they keep cutting like, how is he going to respond to that touchdown pass? And he's just sitting there like, my career is over, right? That's, that can be sometimes how we feel. We see people achieving their dreams, like, I guess I'm going in the transfer portal. But uh, for many of us, I, I love seeing your dreams and what you're pursuing it and, and how you're going after it. Uh, but I know that some of you today, uh, you have given up on your big dreams. And I don't say that to put you down or uh, to mock you. This is not a self-help seminar. Dream the bigger dream for achieve or whatever they are. I've never been to one. Um, <laughs> uh, but I know that some of you today have maybe quit dreaming altogether. Or maybe some of you today have begun to dream manageable dreams that are achievable by your human effort. But maybe in your heart you've stopped dreaming God-sized dreams. Or maybe you've never even realized that you are so loved by God and God longs to have such a relationship with you that you can dream God-sized dreams. Some of you are like, man, if the church really knew me, they would barely even let me in, let alone say God-sized dreams. But let me tell you, Jesus does know you. God does know you, and he loves you. And I believe that he's called us to dream God-sized dreams because he doesn't want you to do this by your own strength. He wants you to do it by his strength. So today I want you to maybe dig down into that place, whether you're a dreamer or a non-dreamer, dig down into that place and think on your big dreams. And I'm not talking dreams of wealth. I'm not talking dreams of influence. I'm not talking dreams of vacations, even though those are awesome. Amen. I'm talking big dreams when it comes to serving God. How can God move through you for the kingdom? Thank you. Can we give it for Kevin this morning? 
Thank you, Kevin. I'll share that later. That's called a teaser. <laughs> I want to ask you a big question today. Here's my big question. You ready? What would you be willing attempt to attempt for God? What would you be willing to attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you be willing to attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? We'll talk about dreamers today. There's all kinds of dreamers in Scripture. We did a whole series called Dreamer. You might still see people wearing those shirts, mostly Austin uh, wearing the Dreamer shirts. <laughs> uh, we did a whole series. If you don't know, Austin's the only clothes in Austin's closets are Banner Church merchandise. <laughs> If you have not met Austin, he's one of our, he's uh, Delaney. He's his husband, or her husband, one of the most faithful servants, but all of his clothes. That's how faithful he is. He only wears Banner Church. <laughs> he's wearing a sweatshirt right now that I made, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's how, how committed he is to his friends. Uh, <laughs> we did a whole series on dreamers on Joseph, but I want to talk a little bit about a dream, because I'm not specifically talking about a dream you have at night. Like a, like a sleeping dream. I'm talking about a dream, a vision that God gives you a calling upon your life, a purpose today. And so today, I want to talk about Paul. Somebody say Paul. Paul. Paul is a unique character in Scripture, right? Because he writes most of the New Testament, and yet when we meet him, you would never guess he was going to write most of the New Testament. When we meet Paul... He is present as Saul. He is present, called Saul, at the stoning of Stephen. So Stephen stands up and declares the gospel, and the people say, no, we super hate that. And they stone him to death. And it says this in Acts 7, verse 58. It says, then they, meaning the people who... Uh, we're, we're furious, right? The, the, the Jewish people in Jerusalem, it says, they cast him out of the city and stoned him, Stephen. And it says, and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. So Saul, Paul, interchangeably, and he becomes known primarily as Paul uh, uh, later in Acts. But Paul is kind of presiding over this mock execution and the stoning. He's a religious leader. He's very zealous for the Jewish cause. He has his plans. They think they're God. He thinks they're God's plans, but they're not. He's actively fighting against the spread of Christianity because he sees it as heresy. And so that is the guy we encounter. And it says in Acts 9, verse 1, it says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciple of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, that's believers, men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Saul is headed to Damascus with murder in his hearts for Christians. Can I just say today, no matter how you came to encounter Christ, God can still move through you. If he moves through murderers, if he moves through people who have been transformed from hearts that are literally full of hatred and murder, he can transform your heart. He can move through your heart. And so Saul is headed to Damascus. Jesus knocks him off his donkey, blinds him. He says to Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul has a dramatic conversion. If, I just want you to remember that Saul, Paul, had important 
it, to him important dreams and what he thought he was doing. But it was so clearly not from God. It was not a dream from God. It was his dream, but not God's dream. I don't know about you, but I've had this in my own life where the dreams that I've been pursuing are my dreams. They're not God's dreams. And I'm pursuing them for God sometimes, not of God and not with God. I'm going to do this for God. I'm going to be zealous for God. But that's not what God wants. He wants you to have relationship with God. He wants you to walk with him. He wants to, you to be led by him. And I get it. I, I've had to ask myself that question. Am I dreaming big for God or am I dreaming big with God, from God? Is he speaking to me? And I've also, I, I, I resonate with Paul because after this moment, he faces a ton of difficulties in his life, right? And I resonate with the fact that just because you're pursuing the dream and direction of God for your life does not mean it's going to come difficulty-free. In fact, it is often the most difficult path because the enemy does not want it to happen. So now you're finding the general sense of brokenness in the world and an enemy, and I get inspired by Paul because Paul had to learn how to dream with God and to face the difficulties that come with walking out those dreams. And Paul had really big dreams. I want to jump together to the end of the book of Romans to a passage that feels very conversational. And so often, if you've ever read the book of Romans, people get here and they stop and they kind of move on. And, and they make a jump. But I want to read this scripture because though on the surface it might seem like, is this unimportant? Nice. Is this unimportant? Uh, it's actually a really important portion of scripture. Uh, jump with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 15. I'm going to jump there too. We're going to be in verse 14. I'm going to read to you from the ESV. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry. Our incredible tech team put it on the screen for you, so don't worry. Romans 15, verse 14. It says, Paul, the minister to the Gentiles. It says, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that yourselves are— that." Yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. He says, but on some points I've written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God. Paul is, he's finishing a letter right here. He's saying, I just wrote you all of, the, I mean, the, not the book of Romans. It was the letter to the Romans. I just wrote you this letter, and hey, I know I had to say some stuff kind of strong, and I came off kind of strong, but it's because I love you. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. It's like, I say this because I love you, right? That's kind of what he's saying. Like, hey, if I came off a little harsh, just so you know, like, I was super serious, but I still love you, right? Let's keep going. It says this uh, in uh, verse 15, but points I've written very boldly because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. He says, in Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. 
And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written to those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never been heard will understand. Okay, that's a lot of scripture. Let's pause there. Everyone still with me? Say amen. Okay, I'm on nice and loud. Amen, if you're still with me. Amen. The Word of God is good. Okay, so he says in verse 15, he says, the, the big dream that God has given me, he's reminding, he's saying, hey, remember, uh, Church of Rome, I know I'm writing to you, and you're believers, and you have in your mind a, a system of belief and a sense of belief. He said, but remember that my big goal has been to minister to Gentiles, and these were people who were non-Jewish, people who uh, ha had never, don't even have a context for a Messiah, right? The Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah. Everybody else was not, right? They were like trying to figure out their own way. Maybe worship the sun or maybe worship the earth or raw or all, all kinds of things, right? Trying to find other ways. But he's saying, listen, I've been called specifically to travel to places where they have never heard of the Messiah and to tell them about Jesus Christ, and so most of his ministry up until this has been ministering to those kinds of people. Traveling new places and preaching where they've never heard of the Messiah. Never heard of the gospel. Never heard of new life. And this was Paul's unique dream. God gave him this calling, this dream upon his life that the gospel was, of course, to be preached to all by all, but he was specifically called to preach to people who have never heard the gospel. That is a huge deal in a war when the gospel is just starting to be spread, right? That's a big dream. There's no printing press, right? You're just, now, you're just now assembling. He's writing the letters that we have, right? <laughs> He's going to places. They don't have Teslas. They don't have airplanes, right? They're walking, riding donkeys, right? If you've ever ridden a donkey, you know it is not the most effective way of travel, right? It's slow. It's stinky. It's slow. Those are the three things I could think of. And so he begins to travel, but, but it was unique and different. And, and different disciples, hear me, and different apostles had different roles and different dreams and different callings upon their life. Uh, Peter, for example. Peter was called to stay in Jerusalem and to build the church there, to build up the Jew and minister to the Jews in Jerusalem, witness to the fellow Jews. Uh, Apollos, you'll see in the New Testament, Apollos listed. He was called to build on the foundation that others had started and to build mature Christians. So he wasn't the go out and find them guy. He was the build them up so they can go out and find them guy. Silas and Barnabas. When we read about Silas or read about Barnabas, they were these really crucial supportive roles that were like the buttressing to the walls of the churches that as it began to grow up, it needed to lean against something and have the support and the, and the direction and the guidance. And so people like Silas and Barnabas, though they were present at some very crucial and important uh, moments in the New Testament, they were powerful in support. Are you noticing something? All these people have been given a, a God-sized dream and direction. We're stepping out in faith, but they were all different. And I just want you to hear me today as I begin to say, get a God-sized dream for your life. And I just want to encourage you, how do you begin to even dream God-sized dreams? I want you to think from the perspective of not, I need to dream like Josh, or I need to dream like Pastor Katie, but I need to dream as God is directing me in my life. 
Each of us has been called to engage in the big mission of the kingdom, but because of our talents, because of our abilities, because of how God has created us, we all engage a little different, that we can all be on the same page. We're all different. Amen. Babies know when to amen. Amen, baby. What I love is that this hadn't been, amen, this hadn't been Paul's dream at first, right? At first, he ministered in synagogues. Oh, you don't got to take it. I'm joking. Like, <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> this is when you make a new dad nervous as you say something. They're like, oh, my gosh, I told you. I told you we should have waited another week, one more week, and then it'll be fine. And now we've upset the— No, I love it. How many of you love that we have babies in this church? Amen? Amen. Well, now you woke him up. <laughs> yeah. And we got to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it is that we've all, we've all been called, and, and this wasn't Paul's dream at first. At first, he was called to minister in synagogues, but God actually changed his dream, began to give him a new dream. Why? Because sometimes as the season of life you're in changes, your dream has to change, right? That's part of growing up. That's part of life changing. God never changes, but he's also the God of seasons. God never changes, and yet sometimes he will change your season, your dream, your direction. Because you need to change, or things have changed, or circumstances have changed. And so here, if we jump to verse 22 then, Paul kind of shifts. And he's no longer speaking to the church in Rome in general. He's speaking to his disciples. He's having kind of this intimate uh, plea conversation with them. And it's very descriptive. And so I think often it can be like, all right, this is, this is just a bunch of information. But let's read it together. It says this, verse 22. Are you with me? Say amen. Amen. Verse 22 says, this is the reason... Why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. Remember, he's speaking to the church in Rome. Why I have been hindered from getting to Rome. He says, but now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I've longed for many years to come, come to you, I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain, and to be helped on my journey there by you, once I have enjoyed your company for a while. He says, at present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem, bringing aid for the saints. For Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contribution for the poor among the saints of Jerusalem. So for they were pleased to do it, and indeed they owe it to them. For, the, for if the Gentiles have come to share in their spiritual blessing, they also ought to service them in material blessings. When therefore I have completed this and have delivered to them what has been collected, I will leave for Spain by way of you. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. Since I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I might be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. And he says, may the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Okay, I know that's a lot of details. I'm a little warm. Janet, could you turn on these AC units? Thank you. I know that's a lot of details, but let me explain. At the beginning of the book of Romans, Paul says, I want to come to Rome. But he says, I haven't been able to come to Rome, we see here, because he's been busy planting churches. He's been busy working. And then in verse 23, what we just read, he says, but now there's no room for work. Does that mean everybody in the area believes? It's like, no, he just, he did his part, and now he's stepping onto the next thing, right? He says, that work's done. It's time for these other gifts to step up. Because I'm not just pursuing this portion of God's dream for my life. I'm pursuing the big dream of God. And I want you to remember that God has not given him a small dream. He has given him a 
God-sized dream to bring the gospel to unreached people, which at the time was pretty much everybody. Right? <laughs> and he says, I got one task left to do. Verse 25, I got to take an offering to Jerusalem. And then in verse 30, he says, I know I'm going to face some trouble. So he says, could you pray and could you strive with me in prayer? Because I have a God-sized dream I'm pursuing with all my heart. But honestly, I know I'm going to face some difficulty. That's a, little, that's a little summary of what he's saying here. But I think what we can begin to see from Paul, what I want to look at, is I believe that Paul and what he's speaking and what, he, what the Word is speaking to us today is that, church, we need to dream a dream so big that only God can fulfill it. That's scary, <laughs> right? Everyone's like, amen. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> it's one thing to amen it. It's another thing to live it, right? To, to begin to live in a way that is only explainable by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about live dangerous or like, it's like, we're all going to go bungee jumping and one of you, the cord's cut. But if the Holy Spirit loves you, then you won't. It's like just some weird, like, hold the snake, you know? Like, you know, I'm not talking like that. That is not what we're saying here today. Really, really hear me talking about that we need to begin to dream being led and directed by the Lord and the Holy Spirit, but we need to dream in a way that can't be like, we either need God to do it or we just need to work extra hard. We need to dream in a way that only God can fulfill it. You know, when we, we're launching Kingdom Builders, next week is Pledge Sunday, where if you got one of those cards, if you didn't get one of those cards in the info packet, we'll have them in the back when you leave. You can grab one. Next week's Pledge Sunday. We're going to bring those cards together. We're going to lay it at the altar and believe. And uh, man, there, there is so much possibility for the future of this church when I begin to look at all that God has done, when I begin to look at how uh, God has made a way. And we launched Kingdom Builders because we want to engage generosity above and beyond, to reach above and beyond in our city, in our nation, and the world with the gospel. And Kingdom Builders is going to be, and I believe this is going to be a collection of people who say, yes, I want to be generous and see God move in global missions. I want to see God move in local outreach. I want to see God move in future church expansion. I want to see God do some amazing things. But I got to say, uh, this is a God-sized dream. I've had a lot of people ask me, like, are you nervous? Sure. But people ask me, what if, what if we don't make it? And I just said, then we don't make it. I, then it doesn't happen. But I believe it's going to happen because if it's a God-sized dream, then you can't stop it. But if it's a man-sized dream, then it's hard to make it go. But it's a God-sized dream. It's only possible if God moves because it's a God-sized dream. People are like, are you nervous? No, I was nervous when I was praying, God, am I hearing you correctly? Now I'm confident. <laughs> now, I, now I'm confident. Why? Because I know it's a God-sized dream, but I know God, and I know what He can do, and I know what's possible. And someone says, like, well, what if we don't get everything? I, I, then we don't. But I think sometimes the church needs to realize we have very few moments, church, where it's all or nothing for us, right? We don't go to church under threat of death, we don't fear truly, I mean truly fear that the government's going to show up and arrest everyone. We have very many like moments of we got to step out and make it happen. This is that moment for us, and yet I love the beauty of walking and the knowledge of who God is and how he leads. 
And so for us, we begin to pray and think about and say, okay, God, if this is a God-sized dream, it can't lose. But if it's a man-sized dream, it can't win. So give us a God-sized dream. And that's what he gave. He said, here's how I'm calling you, Banner Church, to step out and begin to give like never before and begin to see me move like never before and begin to expand like never before because I have something special and you can feel it in the church this morning. If you were at pre-service prayer, you could feel it in the church. And we are praying, Jesus, be at the center of it all because if you're not at the center, it's not moving. You are the spoke in the wheel. And if you take, it doesn't matter how cool that wheel is, how cool every spoke is. If you take out the center, you're not driving home. <laughs> and that's the same thing. I wanted to share something with you guys. I have these. This is our, uh, this is a physical copy of the plans for the 2,300 square foot expansion that is a part of Kingdom Builders. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm going to roll them for you after service and show you. Uh, no, I won't change anything right now because I have to submit them to the city. <laughs> um, uh, but this is everything. If you didn't know, part of Kingdom Builders is future church expansion because not only is our kids' ministry coming through the ears, but we've been given such opportunity for discipleship, not only within the church but in our community, that we need more space. How many of you know, if you serve in kids, we have two-and-a-half-ish kids' classrooms for about 42 kids a week? So... You can be praying with us, God-sized dream. As you pray about giving, be praying that the city approves the addition of a building that goes from this wall all the way to those trees and up two stories all the way over here. An elevator that goes to all stairs so your kids don't have to trip downstairs. Amen? <laughs> Classrooms, conference gathering spaces, storage for all of our love the block, a preparation and community resources. It's pretty amazing. But can I tell you that this is a God-sized dream. This is a God-sized dream. I, I was given this on Thursday and literally almost passed out uh, because it was just that moment of realization uh, of the recognition of the God-sized dream that he's put upon our heart. And can I tell you, how awesome is that? Because how boring of a God will we have if it's like, yeah, we could do it or he could do it, either or. I mean, give your life to it, but you could do it without him. Oh, that's boring. And I love that about Paul is that Paul had a God-sized dream. He had what we used to call big, hairy, audacious goals, the BHAGs, right? Take the gospel to the edge of the world. It was a big dream, but he knew that only God could fulfill it. That's why in verse 17, he says, my work for God. That's why in verse 18, he says, what Christ has accomplished. In verse 19, he says, by the Spirit of God. What is that? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's saying, it's taking the whole trinity, right? Three in one right? All of God to do what he's called me to do, to do this God-sized dream. So I want to tell you today, quick things. How do you develop God-sized dreams in your life? Amen. Number one, be bold. Be bold. Someone say bold. Bold. When Paul writes to the church in Rome, he's been doing ministry nonstop for 20 years. And uh, I'm, I've talked to some pastors who have undergone some hard stuff and some difficult ministry. I think Paul had it pretty rough. By now, Paul is 50. He's been beaten. He's been stoned multiple times. He's been imprisoned. And uh, it's like kind of just starting now, right? Like it's, if you look at Scripture, Acts, Romans, and then everything, right? <laughs> We know that there's all kinds of stuff that he's praying for, all kinds of things that he's writing during Acts and Romans, all kinds of things that are happening to him. But I think if we looked at Paul's life, no one would blame him if he quit. You're 50, 
You've been doing this for a while. You've been stoned basically to death a couple times. You've been brought back to life. Like, you did it, man. High five, right? Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. You're done. But Paul wasn't satisfied to call it quits until he had seen the fulfillment of the God-sized dream in his life. And that's why he says in Romans 15, 20, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named. He says, I got a big dream, and I am still ambitious for it. I'm going to go to the edge of the world, and I'm going to bring the gospel. I'm going to go to the edge of the empire, and I'm going to bring the gospel. I know people said I should quit. I know people said I did it, but I'm going to go all in. I know it doesn't make sense in the eyes of the world, but I'm going to be generous. I'm going to serve. I'm going to step out. I'm going to follow this dream. I'm going to sacrifice. Did you know this is being a kingdom builder? I had a conversation with someone, and they were like, uh, when I was doing young, uh, young adults ministry, and they are like, yeah, I'm just I'm really afraid to ask God to lead me because what if he calls me to go to Africa and I really don't want to go to Africa? <laughs> How many of you, come on, be honest. Be honest. Be honest. What if God calls me to this and I just, I, it's nothing personal. I just, I don't want to do kids ministry, right? Or, right? or like, I don't want to lead uh, junior hires. They scare me, right? But what if he calls me? What if he gives me a God-sized dream? For, for junior hires, and I'm just, I'm there, and I don't, and I know there's nothing against junior hires, right? Some of you guys are thinking this. I love junior hires. Some, some of you are thinking this, like, they scare me. High schoolers scare me, or, you know, going to this country or something. Can, can I just say uh, a couple things? One, the journey of living out the God-sized dream in your life will have difficulty. Hear that, for sure. Ask anybody that's pursuing the God-sized dream— I'm going to tell you right now, this God-sized dream already has difficulty and will have more. Well, I've done five of these, I know. <laughs> it's all kinds of stuff will happen. I know, love the block, God-sized dream, difficulty. Building this church, God-sized dream, difficulty. But hear me say, uh, when God gives you a God-sized dream, it's not like he's delighting in making you miserable. God's not like, oh, you don't want to go to Africa? Then you're going to Africa. That's like, that's like the youth group thing. It's like, don't tell God you won't give him your money. He'll be like, give me all your, you know, it's like, it's like we live in this fear. Like, you're going to India and you're going. We're like, oh, no, this is the worst Oprah ever, right? <laughs> you get a missions assignment and you get a missions assignment and you get a mission. We're like, please, I just want to finish college that I paid for, right? <laughs> God does not desire to make you miserable. But some people are called to difficult places, and we do have that. We do inherit that tradition. We inherit the, the tradition of the Moravians, right, who said, for the Lamb's reward, I will sell myself into slavery to reach people in slave colonies that would never hear the gospel. We do inherit that. Any of you guys seen the new Star Wars movie with the rocky islands? You know those in the middle of the ocean? We do inherit the tradition of a group of people saying we're going to pray for the largest mission expansion in the history of the world. So we're going to go and we're going to commit ourselves to pray every day for 600 years. We do inherit that. There is difficulty, right? But God doesn't delight in making you miserable. When, you, when he gives you a bold dream, he gives you the grace to live it out. Because our God is a God of grace. Second thing, are you still with me? Be intentional. Be intentional. How do you dream God-sized dreams? Be intentional. All throughout Paul's ministry, we see he made plans, and the same is here. He says in verse 23, I finished my work. Verse 24, I'm coming to see you. Verse 27, I'm dropping an offering off in Jerusalem. Verse 28, after I see you, I'm going to Spain. 
Paul made plans the best that he could. Sometimes those plans changed, but it didn't mean there was anything wrong with honoring God by seeking him as he was making plans. Amen? See, we have this false idea that Scripture says, don't make plans. Because in James 14, 4.13, it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, right? He's saying, you're just a mist. You're a wind. You're going to pass away. And so Christians sometimes will be like, yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't make any plans. Not all who wander are lost. Most are. Most are lost. Most are lost. <laughs> but that scripture is about pride and arrogance. It says, wait, why are you planning your life without Jesus Christ at the center of everything? being directed and ordered. But it's not saying don't make plans. That would be an odd assumption. He said you should say if God wills it, if God is directing, we'll go. Can I just encourage you? We must be intentional with our dreams. That's why we took six months to organize kingdom builders and countless days and countless nights because we want to be intentional. You know why? Because if you're not intentional, they probably won't happen. You know what happens all the time is there, there's a chemical in our brain that as we begin to t uh, talk about good ideas, it releases a chemical in our brain that makes us feel good. And after a while, we felt like we've done something when we actually haven't done anything. That's the danger of social media is we begin to tell people all the things we're going to do. We never do them, but we still felt good in the moment. But the hard part is when it comes to suffering for it, there's a breakdown. How many of you know people who are constantly telling you your, their dreams and you want to constantly be excited? This, of course, wouldn't be you or me or any of us, right? Of course not. Uh, I've, never, I've never done this. <laughs> uh, and it's like you, you're, you want to be excited, but you're just like, all right, we'll see, right? Because it takes intentionality. It takes focus. It's not going to happen by accident. You know what is going to happen? If you're not intentional, you are going to be the same person you were at the end of this year that you were at the end of last year. That's how it works. How many of you want to see your unsaved family, friends, and coworkers know Jesus? Okay. Do you have a plan? Are you intentional? Have you thought about, have you rehearsed, have you spoken out loud how you might share the gospel with them? When was the last time you worked through an internal monologue about how might, you might tell somebody about the thing that would literally save their soul? I was convicted of that this week. Like, have I really, how, what was the last time I was really sitting down? I tell people about Jesus all the time, but how intentional am I being about it? Have I really thought about it? Met with someone who's like, I tried to do it the other day and I failed. I'm like, yeah, but respect to you for, for, for thinking about it and working through it. We have to be intentional. How many of you, you have a dream for your kids to faithfully walk with Jesus? Okay, do you have a plan for that? It's not going to happen by accident. We got to be intentional. We have to take time and seek God's wisdom. I got to come up with a plan and then I have to actually do it, right? I can't have her be involved in this soccer team because then she can't come to this and I need her to see this because I need her to understand how much Jesus loves those around them. I got a plan. I got to be intentional. Can I encourage you with your dreams? Be intentional. It's going to be good for you. It's, it's good for me. I'm a dreamer. I like to think of ideas. But if I don't write them down and put some lists, they will not happen. <laughs> Creative minds, I know who you are. Come on. I won't point you out, but you know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, we could do this and this. Oh, my gosh. And someone's like, wow, that's such a good idea. You're like, it is such a good idea. And then a week later, you're like, what was I thinking about? Right? We're on the same page. Be intentional. Third thing, be flexible. 
You can read on your own the book of Acts, but I encourage you, if you've never read it, go read it. And uh, you will see that the word flexible should be the subheading of the book of Acts. Because Paul's trip to Rome through Jerusalem required an immense amount of flexibility. Uh, to get to Spain... To get past Rome did not go according to plan. He delivers the offering. He almost gets killed by a mob. They arrest him. They beat him. Then he sails to Rome as a prisoner after like a whole mess of other things. You know, not the way he thought he was going. Uh, there's a storm. That ship is shipwrecked. Then they are on an island. Then he's bit by a snake. It's like all of this stuff, right? Uh, he knew he was supposed to take the gospel to unreached people. But we actually don't even know from Scripture if he got all the way to Spain because Spain wasn't really a, a country as it was a ruled people under Rome. And most of these national identities, things we would call Italy or Spain, right, they didn't become countries until the 15, you know, 16, some 17, 1800s. So we know from early church uh, manuscripts and writings that he does go from Rome, but we just, we don't know. Flexible. Paul had to be flexible. Was the big dream to go to Rome? No, the big dream was to reach unreached people groups. You got to keep your dream ahead of you, but you got to be flexible in the journey. How many of you guys really like to travel? Where are my travelers at? I, uh, there's a couple kinds of travel, right? Uh, we went to Thailand a couple years back. That's called destination travel. That's getting me the best flight so I can get there as fast as possible because, honestly, it's 24 hours on a plane. And that is my hell. <laughs> okay, I need to tell you right now, if I never took another flame, another flame, another plane flight, that can, you can tell how much I, if I never flew anywhere again for the rest of my life, I would be happy. Some of you are like, I cannot believe that. It's like, well, when you have kids, you'll understand. <laughs> You're like, oh, our kids are going to travel. Okay, sure, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't have that grace. I, my mercy is low. And so my, my, my flanes is also low. The amount of flanes I go on is quite low. <laughs> but there's another kind of trip. I, I, I do like flying because then I can get to the beach like as soon as possible, right? Get right there. You're there. You're, in, you're just you're there. And it's beautiful and it's awesome. Or like you're in the city or whatever it is. But there's another kind of trip. My wife and I just did one recently is that we drove all the way to Montana from here. I know some of you, that would be your hell, <laughs> is being in a car for multiple days with others. But I got to say, like, that is my heaven. I love road trips. I'm one of those people that if right now we're like, let's drive, I would be like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I love to drive. I love to go on road trips. Different strokes, right? Some of you are like, I don't like to travel at all. Well, God bless you too. Uh, <laughs> but I love to drive. And one of the reasons I love to drive is because I'm fascinated by people's stories, and there are so many stories between here and Montana. There are so many weird places and weird foods and unique things that I've never seen and never experienced. And I love celebrating unique things about people, right? And, and so if I go and I land and I go to the resort, I feel like this is catered to me, right? I want to experience what's catered to someone else. And what I love about that kind of journeying is there's so much unknown, right? You don't know if the road's going to be on fire where you're going. Like, you never— you, Oh, you guys haven't seen that? Yeah, you know, you, <laughs> go to Utah. Uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. Some, can I just say, our, uh, our spiritual journey is kind of like that. 
is that there's all kinds of things on our spiritual journey. It's not just a destination. Oh, I accept you, Jesus, and plane flight. Heaven. Right? It's a journey. We have experiences that make us more like Christ. We encounter difficulties where we learn to trust. We have a plan, but guess what? How many of you, as you've been walking with Christ and being led by the Holy Spirit, have had to in life be like, I had to learn to be flexible? That is life. Oh, I'm going this road. This is where I feel directed. Oh, the road's on fire. I'm going to go around. I'm going to detour. I'm going to make a change. People say, you know, there's this old idea kind of in old Pentecostalism, like plan A, plan B. We're, I was talking to somebody the other day. Are you on plan B? Are you on plan A? Get back on plan A. There's just the journey, guys. And sometimes you've got to make a detour, but you've got to be flexible. Number four, everyone still with me? Okay, be responsible. You're like, these are not the ones I thought. <laughs> dream of God's eye, dream of my thought. Reach the distance and shoot to the stars. And no, this is how I preach. We're going practical today. Be responsible. Be responsible. Okay, hear me. The distance from Corinth to Rome was 600 miles. Paul, to get to Rome, traveled 2,000 miles. That's a heck of a detour. <laughs> Why? Because... He had a task to complete that was important. In Romans 15, 25, he said, At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem to bring aid to the saints. Paul said, I got an offering from the Gentiles because he said, if the Gentiles are going to eat at the table, they're going to help foot the bill. And he said, I'm going to bring the offering. It is important. I'm going to deliver it myself because Paul recognized how important this offering was to unifying the Jews and the Gentiles as both as believers. That's a whole different sermon, but it was crucial for the unification of the Jews and the Gentiles. And so it's so important that he traveled to Corinth, traveled around Corinth, collecting this offering, so much so he wrote two chapters about it in 2 Corinthians. And then he went to Jerusalem where they said, hey, just so you know, people are not going to like you there. They're probably going to beat you up. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he went anyways. There's this unique phenomenon, not in this church, of course, but in other churches, other churches. Most churches are full of people who have great ideas that someone else should do. Right? They got great ideas for things that someone else should do. Pastor, I wish more people like this connected. Great, do it. Oh, oh, no, you misheard me. I said it would be great, not I would do that, right? Pastor, the church should do a sports league. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that, but sure, yeah, go for it. Oh, no, 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 can you do that? Can you start a softball league? No. <laughs> Never played softball a day in my life. It sounds dope, and I'll come. <laughs> right? I'm with you. We should, Pastor, we should start a football team. Heck yeah, we should, man. No, you should, that's what you're, oh, oh, I should start. No, I'm not going to do that. Right? The church should do a blank ministry, this ministry. Yeah, you should. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't have time for that. Okay, right? Pastor, you do it. That's kind of like, you know, not our church, right? Of course. But sometimes. You'd see that in churches. But hear me, church. The church is a battleship, not a cruise ship. It is not a place where some serve while others cruise. It's a place where all serve in every shape, size, role, talent, ability, and assignment. The idea that some serve is not of God. 
So if you have that in your mind that we just cruise in the lawn chair with the pina colada, we want you to rest. We want you to be blessed. We want you to be renewed. And hear me say every season is different and every life is different. But I want to just encourage you that this is not a cruise. This is not a cruise ship. This is a battleship. The church was meant to do battle. The church was meant to go into messy, dark, difficult places and bring the hope and love of Jesus Christ. The church was meant to go above and beyond to change the world, not to casually cruise the seas and hope certain people get elected and make laws that make it easier for us to casually cruise. It's time for a battle. See, Paul could have handed that task off here. He could have been a spectator. He could have been said, like, man, it'd be great if the church got this over there. It'd be great if the church did this. But he said, listen, no, I, God has put it upon my heart. Therefore, he has made it my responsibility. Hear me. If God has given you a dream, guess whose responsibility it is? Yours. I wish more people got together and talked about Jesus. Great. Guess whose responsibility that is? I wish more people hung out together. Great. Guess whose responsibility that is? I wish the church reached out more. I wish the church fed more people. Guess what? You are the church, therefore I also wish it. Get to work. Be responsible. This week I had coffee with someone who's a good friend of mine, and he said, listen, and, 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 I, and I never know what's going to happen in these meetings. When someone's like, can I meet with you about something? I'm like, oh, no. That's my first thought. But second thought, I was like, oh, this will be good. <laughs> I, I go, on, it's a roller coaster. Probably like when I call you, hey, can we meet about something? You're like, oh, no. <laughs> I got to text people like, I'm not, I'm not mad. I just want to hang out with you and see how your life's going. <laughs> also, we have a discipleship issue, right? <laughs> And they said, I, I feel like this is really God's leading in, in my life and, and to do this kind of ministry. And I was like, okay. And I was waiting, you know, to hear, like, you should do that. And instead they said, could you help me learn how to do that? And I was like, let's flipping go, right? I was like, that is it. I love that. Hey, God has put this dream upon my heart. Can you help me figure out how I can do that? Because I don't really know. Yes. Yes, we can. That's the calling. That's the responsibility. It's to say, I don't know what I don't know. God's put it on my heart. Can someone help me? I need to learn. I need to grow. But I'm, I'm responsible for it. Amen. If I see someone hurting and hungry, if my family needs Jesus, if I, if I go to a school, if I work at an office, I got a responsibility, and I'm going to do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I'm going to ask and learn how to do it. Amen. Okay, this is my final thing. Everyone's still with me? How do we dream at God-sized dreams? Like I said, we'd be responsible. This church, we recognize a need, and I said, it'd be great if the church, and that'd be easy to say, but instead we're going to do it as the church, and we're going to meet the need of our community and our neighborhood. The last thing, and band, you can come up. Be prayerful. Now, this is last but not least. Number five in your notes, but number one in your hearts. Be prayerful. Be prayerful. Paul's so wise. Paul acknowledges that anything he accomplishes is only by God's work through him. Romans 15, verse 30, in that section we read, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. I love this language Paul uses here. He says strive. Strive is actually a compound of a few words that means to strain together. Literally, it would be translated as conceived 
of engaging in a fight or contest alongside another person. It's not just like hope with me, wish with me, engage with me, strain together. He's saying, listen, would you stand in the fight with me through prayer? Prayer is effective. Prayer is powerful. Prayer is not a last resort. Prayer is the directive, guiding, crucial principle for dreaming and fulfilling and walking out God-sized dreams. He says, don't just pray for us. I'll pray for you. Pray with us. Strive with us. Say, guys, we run headlong into this God-sized dream. I acknowledge that the prayers might be tough. That's what he's saying, right? How, if you've ever really prayed for something, you know there's some days of striving in prayer. You're like, I don't want to pray. I'm exhausted. I'm not seeing it. it I, I'm discouraged. Honestly, there's been kind of this, like, if I made a pros and cons list, this side is really full. But I love that he says, contend with me, stand alongside with me, strive with me in prayer, because we know it's only by God this is being fulfilled. And yet, God loves us so much that he invites us to engage in the process. I love the old school term, prayer warriors. I got this mug from a really awesome prayer warrior in our church, Paula, and uh, it's got his reindeer and stuff on it. And I, I love drinking out of it because it reminds me of her spirit to go into hospitals and pray for people to be healed, and they're healed. Like one of my favorite people in the whole church. And I just encourage you. I feel like we need to reawaken that mentality. I don't know about the term. I don't know if it comes with some weird hangups for you, so we'll leave it there. <laughs> but the idea... So let's pray together. Can I just say today, I'm so grateful and honored for those of you have, who have prayed fervently and are praying fervently as we launch Kingdom Builders because that's what it's gonna take. See, God has given this church a God-sized dream. I loved hearing from people this week. They're like, we are praying hard about how we can join in to be a Kingdom Builder. And I'm like, good, because that's what it's gonna take. That's what it's going to take is people standing arm in arm together. If it's just out of guilt or compulsion, if it's just like, okay, we're doing this, it's, it's not going to happen. It's by making a plan and seeking God and really wrestling with how we're going to engage generosity for the mission. That's how it's going to happen. And so just like Paul, I want to invite you, if you are dreaming God-sized dreams, to strive with me. Stand hand in hand. I want to ask you this question as we close today. What would you be willing to attempt for God if you knew you could not fail? Would you stand with me? Bow your head, close your eyes. I'm going to ask you this question one more time. What would you be willing to attempt for God if you knew you couldn't fail? Those of you here today, Maybe you had a dream or you began to dream and it's been a struggle or maybe you're afraid to share that dream because you're not sure what people are going to think of you. Or maybe you're just so exhausted. Even the idea of dreaming just sounds like way too much energy for what you're facing in life. And so you want to engage even in the dream that the church has, but it's just there's so much going on and you, you need the Holy Spirit to minister to your heart today, maybe to renew you maybe to stir that fire in your heart to dream again, or maybe to give you some direction and some clarity. I want to pray for you today. If you're praying that God would begin to stir your heart and give you God-sized dreams, 
God-sized dreams in your life and to join in the God-sized dream of this church. Would you just lift your hands? I want to pray with you today before our band leads us, and we're just going to sing, and I'm going to invite you. And keep your hands raised. I'm going to invite you as we're worshiping. If you feel like you need that renewal of the Holy Spirit and you want to begin to dream God-sized dreams, I'm going to, as soon as I'm done praying, I'm going to open the altar, and I just invite you to come forward, begin to seek that for yourself over your own heart, you and Jesus, but making that step at the altar is such a powerful physical step that aligns our posture and our heart. But I want to pray for you today. If you're saying today, I want to begin to dream God-sized dreams, or I need the wisdom and clarity and direction of the Holy Spirit in how to dream and in, in that guidance. Or maybe today you're saying, you know what, my family, we're praying about how we engage in the God-sized dream here at Banner Church through Kingdom Builders. And man, we just really want the clarity of the Lord upon it. We want it to be a God effort, not a human effort. So we need you to speak to us. Would you just lift your hands with me? I want to pray with you today. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here right now. You are in this place. You are in this church. You are ministering today, God. And I pray that as we begin to plan, as we begin to vision, as we begin to dream, God, I pray you would stir upon every heart today. For those who have struggled to dream because of hurts in their past, I pray you would speak to them and encourage them and uplift them. For those who have struggled, God, struggle with the weight of the world and just need renewal, I pray an encouragement upon their spirit. For those who are seeking clarity today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would direct and bring wisdom. For those who are seeking direction, I pray that you would guide, and I pray that you would just implant within each of us a dream upon our heart of how we can engage in the kingdom of God. Not a man dream, not a wealth dream, not a power dream, but a God-sized dream. God, that we would begin to recognize that you are good and you are faithful, and so if you put a dream in our heart, you will bring it to completion. And so, God, I pray that we would begin to dream without fear, that we would begin to dream without faltering, that we would step into it in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I'm just going to take this moment, every eye closed, every head bowed, before we sing this song again, I just open this altar and say, if you need God to move upon your spirit to renew, to establish, or to direct a dream upon you, or you need direction as it comes to the God-sized dream of this church, I just invite you to come up as we worship, and let's worship together this morning. Amen.